0: Hey, kids, come on. Hey, Hey Grace
1: Church. Church. Hi.
0: Where's Jackson?
1: What's up, dudes? We love you And and we miss you. Hey, Grace Church. It was great
0: to see some of you guys last Saturday. Can't wait to see you again. Stay healthy. We've had some awesome church in our homes, and we hope it continues to be that way, but we can't wait to be back
1: in service with all of you guys. Love you. Hey Grace Church, hey. Grace church. miss you guys. This is Jonathan, Michelle, and Peyton. Peyton, where's the boys? I don't know. Oh, oh wow. wow. Oh, I got you, I got you. Seriously. We're gonna be late. You okay, little buddy? Better late than never. Bye, Bye you guys. love
0: you. Hi, Grace Church. We just wanted to let everybody know that we miss them. We hope everybody's doing well. We can't wait to be able to be in service again with everybody. This is our babies, Winston, right here, the old man in the middle, and Gabby, his sister. And um, we just hope that we can give a word of encouragement to someone today.
1: Yeah, We like to read this scripture It's Psalms 9 and 9. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed a refuge in times of trouble, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hath not forsaken
0: them that seek thee. We miss y'all. We love y'all so much. We can't wait to see y'all again. Hey, Grace family. We sure do miss you. Can't wait to be back together again. But we've had something very special during this time we've been apart. We had a new grandbaby, number eight. His name is... Thomas James Goins. Can't wait for you to meet him. Be safe and God bless. We love y'all. All All right, Grace Church. Great to be with you again tonight. And so good to see some of our Grace Church families. And um, just always good to connect with you. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study and wherever you're joining us from, we are glad that you've chosen to be with us. Not just our Grace Church family, but those of you that join us uh, by computer and by smartphone and those, those ways from all over the nation and really in some instances all over the world. We're glad you're a part of what's going on here at Grace Church. So before we get started, just look at somebody that's sitting close by. Give them a big smile. Let them know that you're glad to be with them in church tonight. Amen. I thought we would try that. I don't know. I don't know if you're sitting by anybody or not, but it'd be something good to try. We're glad you're here. We're excited about what God's doing. And uh, I just believe you're going to be blessed by the service tonight. Let's start with prayer, and uh, we'll we'll just get right into what God has for us tonight as the service progresses. Jesus, thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your word. And even though it's virtual, thank you for another opportunity to be with our church family. You're good to us, Jesus. You've brought us from a long way. You've kept us. Your hand is with us. And if you are for us, no one can be against us. Bless what is done tonight. Bless every family and every home. In Jesus' name, right where you are, say in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give at the beginning of this service tonight. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to the kingdom of God, for your faithfulness in your giving. And tonight you have three ways that you can give. You can give online at the website. You can give by text. And then also you can mail your gift to the church at the address you see on your screen there. So God bless you again for your faithfulness to the ministry of God, of God's kingdom. God bless you. Let me tell you what's coming up just over the next couple of days. Of course, Sunday we'll be right back together on live stream at 11 o'clock for our Sunday worship service. We're so excited about it because this Sunday we will be honoring our graduates, those that are graduating that are part of Grace Church. And so that's always a highlight, always a great service we do every year. So be sure you join us virtually to be a part of that and to help us honor our graduates this Sunday at 11 o'clock. And then next Tuesday, May the 5th, we're going to resume Tuesday morning prayer in the sanctuary at 9 o'clock. And uh, we're, just, we're just thrilled to take this step. We're, we're taking a small step, social distancing, all of that will be in play. And um, we are just wanting to, to lead with prayer as we try to navigate through these next few days and weeks. We're wanting to lead with prayer, bring back that portion first. And so I really believe... That is the right thing to do, and I'm excited about that. Don't forget our podcast being updated weekly, multiple times a week. These are our Bible teachers, our Sunday school teachers here from Grace Church, giving you great content, ministry throughout the week via the podcast. It's, uh, you can find that on the website, and then you can also find it on however you get podcasts on, on the apps as well. And then again, to remind you about our Zoom meetings, the children's Sunday school classes are meeting through Zoom at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And then our junior high group is meeting at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And then the last couple of Wednesday nights, Our youth group has met at 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. All that's through Zoom. You're going to need a link. You're going to need an invitation. But we'll be happy to share that with you. If you don't already have it, you can contact the church office. And that will be a blessing to you in those age groups. So parents, help us get the word out. Help us get your children logged in. Our teachers are passionate about it. They're excited about it. And I'm telling you what I have seen that my kids have been involved in. It's been excellent content. But even at that, it's also been an excellent connect point. It's really given our kids a way to connect with one another, with the teachers, with Grace Church. So it's very important, and I want you to take advantage of that if you're not already. It's going to be a blessing to you, I promise. So God bless you. Remember those things. We're excited about what God is doing. I want to share something with you before pastor comes to teach Bible study and uh, just, just kind of give you a little bit of my heart, a little bit of what I'm praying and thinking. I want you to know that, that I, I know everybody's praying. We're praying for one another. And my family and I pray for all of you every night, every time we get together for family prayer e- each evening. We pray for our church. And a uh, Sunday or two ago, I, I felt very compelled to pray for you all during the service. The praise team sang a song that... In the, in the chorus or the bridge, somewhere in there, it, it talks about these bones will live again. These bones will sing. The, what is dead is going to come back to life, essentially. And as they were singing that song, I just felt so compelled to pray for, for all of those I could not see and, and to just pray over empty chairs, empty, empty places of worship that I know normally are filled with families and individuals, wonderful people of Grace Church. And I felt a surge of faith. I'm telling you all that to say this. I felt a surge of faith. And I felt an assurance that these bones will live again. And they will live very soon. The, the, it's not dead. The church is not dead. We're, we're very much alive. But the situation, this, this separation that we feel, this, this, um, this sense of isolation even in some cases. I'm, I'm telling you, I believe by faith that this is going to live again. It won't be long. Until we're all going to be together again and God's going to breathe life into what seems like a hopeless situation. And what's amazing about that story where Ezekiel prophesied to those bones and God told the prophet, said, can these bones live? And he said, well, I don't really know. God, you know. And God said, well, prophesy to them. And when those bones came to life, the Bible says it was a mighty army that came together, and I'm telling you, church, when we come together again, we're going to be a mighty army. We're going to be a mighty army for the cause of the kingdom of God, for the cause of revival, and I believe we're going to see an outpouring of God's presence and spirit like we've been praying about for many, many years, and so I want you to pray on that. I want you to get ready to be expecting that when we come together again. We're going to see these bones live, and God's going to do some awesome things. God bless you tonight. Again, great to be with you. Pastors coming to the pulpit right now to bring the word of God right where you are. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord in
1: faith, knowing that he's in control. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Dave, and uh, great to be with you again tonight. And uh, thank you for joining us and uh, more and more folks or letting us know that they're being very faithful uh, to the word of God on Sunday and Wednesday, and we certainly thank you for that. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed our family videos tonight. I've enjoyed all of them every night, but I would like to suggest to the growns y'all may want to consider an elevator for baby Chris and uh, to help him out a little bit. So just want to send a shout out to them and uh, so he won't come tumbling down the stairs anymore. But uh, to all of our families that have done those, thank you, and um, we're hoping that you only have to do that once, and uh, we won't need those anymore uh, when all this is over. So, uh, But thank you very much for, for doing that. also, uh, Sister Murph and I would like to uh, just shout out our just sincere thanks, thanks and gratitude for the drive-by this past Sunday that uh, you folks came and drove by our house, Um, that whole entire event was videoed and uh, so Sister Murphy and I have gone back and watched it two or three times and it was such a blessing to see everybody Uh, some of the folks we haven't seen um, since all this quarantine started and uh, we were just so thankful to see everybody thank you for all of your kind gestures and um, we just love and appreciate our church thank you Sister Ethel Teer for the idea and uh, making that happen you folks are amazing, and uh, we were so, so thankful to see all of you uh, this past Sunday driving by our house. It was right at 50 cars, and uh, so if you count, I don't know what the average per car would be, but it would have to be three or four easy. There were some cars that had maybe two, other cars had five or six, So, uh, but we really appreciate seeing all of you, and thank you so very much for that very kind and very thoughtful Gesture, we appreciate it so very much. I do want to promise you tonight that I'll not go longer than an hour uh, in my Bible study. So, if you need a little reassurance, you just got it. So, uh, but I do want to call your attention to Genesis chapter twelve, beginning with verse one. <clears throat> now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless him that blesses thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot was with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son. And all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Moreh and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. Last Wednesday night, I taught a Bible study that I titled, Why Trials Are Relevant. Tonight, I think the obvious follow-up to that Bible study is to teach why patience is relevant. So that's what I want to teach tonight for a little while, the relevance of patience. James, in his epistle, said in chapter 1, verse 3, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience when you hear preaching when you hear bible studies oftentimes there's a a huge the, the the preacher draws attention to the promise of god i've done it many times there's some 6 to 7000 promises in the bible made from god to man and we love to focus on those promises We love to focus on those promises, and and for most people, when they feel like God is making to them a promise, they expect that promise to be fulfilled in the very next short while. When God told Abraham, I will make of thee a great nation, when he said, I will bless you, when he said, I will make your name great, when he said, you will be a blessing, When God said, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you and that all the people of the earth would be blessed through you. If you study that scripture setting, you'll find that God never did put a time on that. He never did tell Abram to mark his calendar and say in the next three months, all this is going to come to pass. In the next two months, all this is going to come to pass. He made the promise, but he never set a date. And if you look at the promise that God gave Abram I mean God promised personal blessings to Abraham Abram what would become Abraham God promised personal protection from his enemies God promised personal purpose to live out in the life of Abraham But if you study the scripture again, Abram was about 75 years old when this promise was given. Doubt set in, huge doubt set in, especially with Sarai, his wife. So about 11 years later, 11 years after this promise was made, 11 years later, Ishmael was born. And I find it interesting that while Abram was 75, When God made this promise, it was not until Abram, now Abraham, was a hundred, when that promise was fulfilled through the birth of Isaac. And then God promised that you would inherit a land and, and all of these wonderful attributes about this land, but you'll find that Abraham died living in a tent. When you look at all of these promises and we preach about them, we teach about them, I'm teaching about it tonight, but I'm coming to you from a little bit of a different angle for tonight's Bible study. But when you look at the, the promises that, that God has made to people in the Bible, promises he's made to Israel, promises he's made to the church, you have to remember when you read these promises and you pray these promises and you study these promises God never put a, a date on the calendar. And I find across the board in the Bible that when God has made a promise to somebody, before the fulfillment of that promise ever comes, there has to be a testing of time. I suppose that you could say tonight that time is the greatest test for any promise that God has ever made. And so that is the significance of my title. And I get it tonight. I'm not huge on patience either. I don't don't always feel like waiting on anything. If we're going to do something, I'm ready to do it. If we're going to embark on a plan, let's do it. Uh, I don't like to wait. I'm just not into the waiting game. Uh, My hat goes off to... Our wonderful ladies, when they're expecting a child, it just they know they've got nine months ahead of them. Um, maybe it's good that, that the lady folks are asked to do that. Uh, I wouldn't be very good at that. If I was a lady and found out I was expecting a child, well, what's the holdup here? Let's just go ahead and do this and get this over with. But there has to be that development of, of things, of, of that baby in the mother's womb and so on. The same is true. With the promises that God makes to us, the promises that he's made to people in scripture, I hope someone is hearing me tonight. I've talked to many people through the years who've gotten so frustrated that God promised me, he promised me, and that promise has never come to pass. That doesn't mean it's not going to. Promises are not fulfilled immediately. To... If you you want to ask why, and and a lot of this will bleed over to last Wednesday night, but oftentimes God will make a promise and cause you to wait it out. Why? Because you need to know what's in your heart to see if you'll keep his commandments or not, and that's biblical. Not only will he allow you to do that to see what's in your heart, but he will allow it to humble you, to teach you, That man doesn't live by bread alone. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you prosper. It doesn't matter how successful you are. None of that has anything to do with the fulfillment of God's promise in your life. (coughs) I heard somebody make a statement actually this week. They said, I keep praying about something. I keep praying and I keep praying, excuse me. I just keep praying about something and I just, I can't get an answer. I can't get God to bring that to pass. I, it occurred to me, uh, I'm not going to call the person's name, but one of our minister's wives was, was literally sick unto death several years ago. And there was a massive prayer meeting of people that gathered massive prayer meeting. And, and some of our most prolific ministers, if you will, those that walked and operated in faith prayed that God would heal this minister's wife. It didn't happen. I came away with this conclusion that if those people prayed for God, knowing some of them and who they were, if God didn't answer their prayer, really wasn't no use in me even getting on a knee about it. I know that's not a biblical principle, but you understand my point. But there are some things you can pray about and pray about and pray about, and God's not going to answer it. For example, if you chose to start praying and fasting, that there would never be a rapture. You can pray and fast till you starve to death until you die of old age. It's not going to change. There, we, we have to understand there is a context to the promise of God And it didn't matter how often Abraham prayed for that promise to be fulfilled. It was going to be fulfilled because God made him that promise. But Abraham's prayer was not going to speed it up. Why is that? Because Abraham wasn't ready for that promise to be fulfilled. Sarai was not ready. They were not postured in a way for that promise to be fulfilled. And I'll go as far as to say the world at that time was not ready for that promise to be fulfilled. I would would venture to say tonight that, that Ishmael had to be born before the true promise could be fulfilled. So we have to understand when God makes promises, when you read promises, they are very rarely fulfilled immediately. For all the reasons I gave, and you can pray and pray and pray, but for some promises God makes to us, they're not going to be fulfilled until the will of God dictates so. And we have to be able to discern that. We have to be able to understand that. Let me continue. And again, a little bit of overlap from last Wednesday night. But the reason for the time test, the reason for it, is to have the believer trust in God with all of his heart and continue to do everything he knows that's right. That's my posture right now during this quarantine time. I haven't heard an audible voice from God. I haven't felt that that we should change what we're doing even right now. And so the only thing I can do is pursue in the direction that I believe is is the obvious thing to do, the common sense thing to do, but I'm trusting in God. I trust God that when this ready when this coronavirus uh, pandemic, when, when God is done with it, it'll go away. And I believe that. So it's to put the burden on the believer to trust in God. And oftentimes, when God gives us a promise, the the burden of responsibility and accountability of that promise ever coming to pass has to do with the believer and not God. God knows what he's going to do. So it's imperative, it's it's incumbent upon us to trust God anyway and go in the direction that we believe God wants us to go. It's incumbent upon the believer to trust God to fulfill his word. God made a promise to Abram that he didn't make to anybody else. And he wanted Abram to trust in him so that God's word would be fulfilled in him. And if you feel that God has made you a promise, the last thing you want to do is quit trusting God, quit believing God, because if you do, you will greatly hinder that promise from ever coming to pass in your life. We have to continue to trust. It is incumbent upon the believer to trust God to fulfill his word in his time and in his way. I don't want to force open a rosebud. I don't want to try to make it bloom on my own. And the same principle applies to the promise of God. You can't take matters into your own hands as Abraham tried to do at the coercion of Sarai. I can't have a child, so go into Hagar and have a child with her and let that child be the promise. We know how that ended up. So you have to understand that it is incumbent upon us to remain In a trust based relationship with God. And to do that, you have to be patient. It's to the reason for the time test is to teach the believer to believe that God is God and will be God despite what I see, and despite what I experience, and despite what I hear. You have to trust and remain in that arena of trust, no matter what's going on around you and no matter how it appears to you that it is impossible for God to bring it to pass. I'll be honest with you tonight when we were attempting to buy this building some 10 years ago, the building we're in right now, I had my moments where I said, okay, God, there's no way this is gonna happen. It happened. wasn't based on what I could see, neither was it based on what I was feeling. It was based on what God promised It was said that God would do this, and he did it. So this time test that helps us develop patience, it gives the believer the opportunity for his or her faith to grow. And I don't want to hear that. How can my faith grow any more than what it is right now? You'd be surprised. And it's oftentimes that circumstances and experience brings out the best of our faith. Yes, it is. Uh, I know many, many people and, and I even have my own testimony in this area that you think you have no faith until you're tried but something rises up on the inside of you and you look the devil in the eye and you look the circumstance in the eye and say, you're not beating me this time, not this time, not this time. So it gives you an opportunity for faith to grow. The faith that you have right now that could be amazing, that could be powerful, even at that, this patience thing gives your faith an opportunity to grow. The, the the time test, this patience thing that we're talking about, it gives to all of us an opportunity to encourage each other. Somebody said uh, with the drive-through, said we want to come by and encourage pastor, but we also want to encourage other church people that we haven't seen. We want to be an encouragement to others. Well, had you not been there, that person would not have been encouraged. But it's because of all of your patience, Grace Church, through this whole process, that God, I believe, is honoring patience. I believe God honors patience, and I believe there's going to be great fulfillment to all of us when all of this is over and we're able to gather together again. The third thing that the time test gives the believer an opportunity to do is to purify your motives, to purify your attitude. It gives you an opportunity to realize what's really important, to realize what is really priority, I can promise you tonight, and I'm saying it with a smile on my face. Um, I think there are some folks has found out during this time of quarantine that there's a little bit more to your marriage than what you thought it was because you're still married. That ought to be encouraging right there, right? You said, till death do us part. And uh, it's come close to that a couple of times, right? At least, at least the way you feel about it. I'm going to strangle him. I'm going to strangle her whatever it is, I'm saying all that in jest, but you do realize the importance and and how much you believe in family and how much you believe in the spirit of God in your home. And it improves your motives. It lets you know that there's greater priorities and greater incentives. So motives and attitude are purified. It helps you to develop maturity. It helps us all to grow up a little bit. We can't have our way right now. And that always, if you take it right, the byproduct of that, Is maturity. It helps us develop patience. It helps us to develop discipline. It helps us to develop purpose. It's the going through this test of time thing to help us understand why being patient is so relevant. The time test will reveal that man's plans can only fail. Imagine all the New Year's resolutions that was made January 1st, 2020. All the people that said this year I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Nobody saw this coming. At least not at that point. Nobody anticipated uh, this quarantine now that I believe is gone over 40 days. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw the fact that there's going to be laid off, and just a couple of months ago, your job was probably the most secure it's ever been because of a thriving economy. Man's plans can only fail, and when it does, and you see the hand of God work, and you see the spirit of God work, then God alone is the only one that gets the glory. It reveals, this time test reveals that God is a miracle-working God. The time test reveals that God is faithful to his word. The time test reveals that God's power is even greater than the law of science. Yes, it is. So you'll notice tonight on your screen that Abraham's time test revealed that just because you're chosen, it doesn't exempt you from being tested. Just because you're called, just because you've been saved from sin, just because you repented, just because you're living holy, just because you're living close to God, just because you pray, just because you fast, none of that exempts you from being tested. You come to learn that there is grace even in failure. One of the greatest mistakes Abraham made is when he went down to Egypt. That's where he picked up Hagar. That's when all that happened. And He had a son by her, uh, and we all know that story. It also reveals to us that God's grace does not negate or reverse the price of failure. Abraham paid a price for that. The world is still paying a price for that. So Abraham's time test reveals that just being chosen does not exempt us from testing. And so for the next couple of minutes, let me give you a couple of signs Let me give you several signs that you can use as a gauge to determine if you're failing the time test or not. Folks, I've I've experienced this, and and, and some of you have, perhaps all of you have. But number one is when you express doubt rather than faith. I don't express doubt in, in, in God. I don't express doubt in the church. I just express doubt sometimes in our leadership and government. A lot of doubt just really don't believe a whole lot of what they say anymore, anybody for that matter. And it's hard not to let that bleed over into our relationship with God. When, when you're constantly, that's why I've asked over the past two or three weeks, turn off the news. Turn, they're they're going to blitz you. They're going to envelop you in doubt and fear. That's what they do. It's their one of their greatest MOs as far as I'm concerned. And if you're not careful, that will bleed over into your relationship with God and pretty soon you begin to doubt your own faith. You'll doubt the word of God. You'll doubt that church will ever come together again. You'll think that this is all just, it's all over and God's plan has failed. That's a lie that the devil wants you to believe. Signs that you're failing this time test that God is trying to develop your patience is when you work to substitute your way for God's way and this is what we're careful here at Grace Church not to do. I've had some feelings about this whole pandemic thing and coronavirus. I've had my own feelings about it. And there's, I've wanted to be resistant to a lot of things, but I, I believe God has his hand on this. I feel peace about what we're doing. I don't particularly like it, but uh, it's not for me to complain and, and what have you. But, but sometimes we want to go ahead and do our thing anyway instead of doing it God's way, and that's what Abram did, and it got him into big trouble. Signs that you're failing the time test is when you become distracted. You get your attention on something else. Hey, coronavirus has not become my God. I don't know about you, but it's not become mine. Um, uh, I've submitted to a lot of things, but there's other things that I've not been quite so careful about because I'm not going to bow to that and submit to that. I believe God has all of this under control, and that's where my trust is right now. And so it's easy to become distracted. It's easy to murmur and complain. And and sometimes it's indicative of, of your faith and trust failing and slipping a little bit. It's when you quit in your responsibilities. And I want to take this moment to, again, appreciate, deeply, fervently, passionately appreciate our Grace Church leaders. The the slide you saw a little while ago that you could stay in touch with our church and our adult teachers are putting things on, on our podcast podcast every week and our Sunday school department's up and running. I didn't ask those people to do that. They did not quit in their responsibility and just because they were not here in church, they have not quit teaching Sunday school. Admire those folks for that. I Admire them for that. So there's five things to do if you want to pass the time test and the development of patience. Challenge yourself, number one, to do things that require faith. Do things that require faith. Think in a way that requires faith. Talk in a way that requires faith. Act in a way, your attitude, and all of that in a way that requires faith. Do what you can for the kingdom because it requires faith. Faith. Number two, never stop attending church, even if it's virtual. Someone told me today, I was expressing to them, the greatest frustration I have, especially on Sunday and Wednesday night, is when we conclude, I don't know what you're doing. And I miss having our altar service, and I miss having those prayer times and all of that. Somebody assured me today, I can promise you, Pastor, that when it's Wednesday night at 7.30, when it's Sunday morning at 11, we're sitting in our living room and we're waiting. We're waiting Several have said we've had a move of God in our home to where we've just missed a huge part of the service. We just got so caught up in the Holy Ghost. So you never stop attending church, even if it's virtual church as we're doing right now. And you never stop worshiping God. You still worship, even if you're in your your home, wherever you are, you can worship God in your car. Sister Murphy, we're riding down the street uh, the other day. We took a little ride just to get out of the house. And I told her I remember going up and down that particular road many times when I rode my motorcycle and I had one hand in the air and I was worshiping God, tears streaming down my face. You never stop worshiping God. The fourth thing you do is you learn to serve others. You don't don't direct yourself all inward, but you look for someone else you can serve. We got a call from one of our church members Uh, Just this week have come up with a marvelous idea that you'll be hearing about in the next several days Uh, Said i'm going stir crazy in my house and I got to do something for somebody that's the heart of this person And they've come up with a great idea not just one or two people But it's going to end up being several hundred people you'll hear about an announcement about that in a few days But learning how to serve others think of ideas. What can I do to help somebody else? And this is hard to do, but it's biblical. The fifth thing you do to pass the time test is you rejoice in the promise of God every day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Don't you think for a moment that God didn't know that today was coming. And if we survive the night, he knows that tomorrow's coming and he knows what tomorrow's going to hold for every one of us. And we can rejoice because this is the day that the Lord has made. Isaiah said, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's not a promise given by God that will not come to pass. There is not. He causes us to wait in order that we might develop in maturity. Peter wrote in his epistle in conclusion tonight that God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if you want patience to develop, boy, that's a tough schooling. Nobody likes it. I can't think of one person that likes it. The only person I know that could like this patience-testing business is people that just don't know any better. That's just all, all the all the hope I can give. Somebody that says, I just love being tested and my patience being developed. I can't wait for God to test me. You need counseling or something is all I can say. I say that in jest. But I hope you take the Bible study to heart tonight. That God knows what he's doing. And he has a plan and a purpose in all of this. It doesn't matter if it was man-made or not. God still knew it was coming. God's not caught by surprise on anything. And he'll always cause it to turn out to be in accordance with his will and his purpose. I'm asking somebody to trust that tonight. Take your trust and make it the centerpiece of your relationship with God. God bless you tonight. Enjoy being with you. And we'll look forward to being with you again this coming Sunday. God bless you in Jesus' name.